Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And Queen Elizabeth II has died. Uh, Buckingham Palace and the royal family put out that statement earlier on Thursday that the queen died at 96 years old. Now, that won't stop any of our friends on the conspiracy side of the aisle from saying, oh, she finally uh, met her maker. You know, I've, I've got folks that I, I talk to on a regular basis that truly believe that when these old people die, it's because they were put down, they were assassinated. And I, I, of course, that's entirely possible, which is why conspiracy theories exist in the first place. But I just find it so fascinating that justice is always done, in their opinion, in the mind of those uh, who favor the conspiracy theories, at these old ages, you know, uh, you know, once no, no name John McCain didn't have brain cancer. He was put down by the administration. I mean, the things that I hear now, if you're listening to me and you're thinking, what, you don't believe that, Rich? You're one of them. Yes, I'm one of them. I don't believe that. I don't believe somebody that's 80 something years old. And uh, now we're going to say that they have cancer and that they're, you know, they died of X, Y and Z, that we actually put people to death at 80 something years old when we can't even stop people from snatching pocketbooks and carjacking people in the streets, right? While innocent people like Donald Trump are getting raided for paperwork that he has in his house, and you're going to tell me that people are being assassinated? I mean, look, possible? Yes, anything's possible. It's possible I, I will wake up tomorrow and be six foot five. I'm sure there's a possibility factor there. It's very improbable, but... This is the world of the conspiracy theorists. Anyway, I don't want to get into that too much because I just wanted to talk about the queen passing away. But I always find it interesting how that happens. And I do like to tease them. You know, just for example, I'm going to throw this out there, too. I, uh, I sent a text, a group text uh, to some uh, conspiracy theorists that I know. And I just wrote. They've taken out the queen. I repeat, the order was given. They've taken out the queen. <laughs> and that got so many people excited. It was so funny. Anyway, and, and I'm not making light of her death. I'm making light of the way people believe anything they're told if it's, you know, sexy and salacious and, and conspiratorial. Anyway, that's that. Now, Obama's back in the White House. Barack Hussein Obama is back in the White House. And from beginning to end, this thing was chock full of funny. Right? First, we've got Dr. Joe Biden, who's up there, and, you know, um, Obama and his wife, and I do believe she's a woman, by the way, Michelle Obama and Barack Hussein Obama, former president, are accepting or unveiling their official White House portraits. 
Okay, so they're there. They're doing a thing. Joe is there. Dr. Jill is there. And it's, it's, uh, it's funny because, you know, they're giving a standing ovation to the Obamas and their portraits. And even Joe Biden calls out Brandon for being Brandon. Listen to this. <laughs> That's her chuckle. Joe, honestly, everybody stood but Joe. <laughs> Then he stands up. Now everybody's sitting down in the entire room, and he decides to stand up. She thinks it's cute. I guess the rest of us here just keep looking at our 401ks and uh, what we're paying for gas and food and whatnot and thinking, oh, well, I guess it wasn't as bad as a month ago, but it's a heck of a lot worse than it was a couple of years ago. But it doesn't end there. We've also got the um, former President Obama dropping the pearl of wisdom that Joe is the best thing we've ever had. Listen to this. Joe, it is now America's good fortune to have you as president. You've guided us. But wait, there's more. He goes on. He explains why it's America's good fortune to have Joe El Baboso Biden as president of the United States. Listen to this one. To expand health care, to fight climate change, to advance social justice, and to promote economic fairness. Thanks to your decency and thanks to your strength. Maybe most of all, thanks to your faith in our democracy and the American people. The country's better off than when you took office. And we should all be deeply grateful for that. So thank you so much. Uh, what is he smoking? I'll have what he's drinking, sir. My goodness. The the, uh, the level of shoveling of crap that's coming off of that podium. Uh, I mean, there's regular political mudslinging and, and crap talking, and then there's this. I mean, this is, to me, beyond the pale. We're in the midst of a uh, recession. Nothing's really going right. At least maybe that's the way I see it. Maybe if I'm wrong, let me know at Rich Valdez on all the social media. Feel free to chime in and say, Rich, you know what? You're out of your mind. You're listening to too much talk radio. Things aren't as bad as they used to be. Maybe that's the case. So far, I haven't noticed. You could have fooled me. But who knows? Until we figure it out, my pronouns will now be clear and present. Why? Well, because our president, Joe El Baboso Biden, that Joe, uh, excuse me, Barack Obama thinks is the best thing since sliced bread. Well, he says that you and me and the rest of us that are extremist, ultra MAGA Americans that want to see their country prosper, patriots, that we are ultra MAGA clear and present dangers to his beloved democracy. Listen to this. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Wow. So, yeah. We are a threat to this country. Now, to me, there's a million ways you could look at this. You know, some people just see it as black and white and they think, no, that's it. He's declared war on anybody that doesn't support him. 
I don't necessarily think that's the case personally. I really don't. I, I think they're trying to marginalize people by using this othering strategy. And I talked about that in the last episode or two episodes ago because this is what they do. It's part of how demagoguery works. If you can say it's because of those people, these people, the, the capitalists are the evil ones, the landowners are the evil ones, or the, the renters are the ones that are ruining this community. However you want to pit one group of people, this is how the Marxist thrives. So they do it with people at, at corporations or factories, and they say, oh, you know what? The evil company, the evil owners of this company, they pit them against you, the workers, workers, workers. They use the word workers all the time, right? They never use the word employees because they don't feel that you're there as part of an employment. They feel that you're there as a worker, that this is somehow you're entitled to what goes on with the work in this company. It's fascinating the way they think. I never was able to really subscribe to that because contrary to what Barack Obama said, when I was a young man, I was 16 and a half when I started my first business. And the whole thing was a wild card, right? I was a young guy that liked cool designs in my hair, using a set of clippers to draw like designs and different things in the side of your hair, out of hair. And there was a place in New York City that specialized in that. Two places. One was Astor Place Barbers, and the other one was not too far from there on 8th Street in the village uh, called uh, Ginger Rose Barbershop. And it was expensive to get a haircut there at that time, but, you know, I would work and I'd go. And, and I went, eventually I said, you know what, I don't want to pay for this anymore. I want to learn how to do this myself. And I started messing around and practicing on some of my friends, do the designs in their hair, and that led to learning how to do a haircut and, and, you know, do a fade and that type of thing. And before you knew it, one thing led to the next. And it's a pretty interesting story. And one day I'll actually tell that story. Lo and behold, grapevine type of thing, you know, grassroots, I developed a customer base. And I would cut hair out of the bathroom of my dad's apartment in Jersey. And I would probably do anywhere between 5 and 10, 15 haircuts a day, like Monday through Friday. And it, this thing took on a life of its own. And my brother came to me and he said, you know what? you're onto something here, Richie. And I was like, well, what am I onto? Uh, I'm just cutting hair with my buddies for four bucks. You know, half the time I do it for free for practice. And he was like, nah, they, you do well with these people. You've got something. And I didn't see what he saw. I really didn't. He said, you know what? There's a beauty salon that's going out of business on 68th Street, just off of Bergen Line Avenue in, um, in New Jersey. So I said, all right, well, what are you telling me for? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm 16 and a half. I don't even have a driver's license still in high school. And he said, I can buy out the rest of the lease. The guy's going through a hard time. We can get all the equipment and everything. You could go in there and start doing your haircuts there. And I was like, I, don't, I, I can't even legally do that. I don't even have a license to cut hair. I'd have to go to school. I'd have to do whatever. So my brother convinces me that I should do this. And he lays out the money, which I eventually paid back, thank God, and thank uh, him for believing in me. Uh, and I did that, stopped going to high school during the daytime, switched to high school at nighttime for my senior year of high school. And during the day, I went to the county Votech that had a cosmetology program so I could, you know, get the permit to cut hair and whatnot and opened the shop, hired a shop manager and started a business before I was 17. And I didn't see it as impressive back then. I look back now and I go, wow, it's pretty impressive because most of the people I've meet now, my children's friends that are in that age group, they're not that entrepreneurial, but you know what they say, um, 
necessity is the the mother of invention. And I was broke, right? And I came from very, very humble beginnings. So you figure out how to do things when you're trying to make some money. And I was somewhat creative in that aspect. So we did what we did. And somebody believed in me. So to that aspect of Obama, when he said, you didn't build that, uh, I did build that. But um, it took someone believing in me and, and, and loaning me the money and, and giving me a chance. And if that's what he meant, which I don't think is what he meant, then I agree. I do disagree with what he said years ago when he said you didn't build that because he's saying, you know, you can't run a shipping company if there if there isn't a port. You can't have a trucking company if there aren't paved roads, you know, really trying to make the government your partner somehow that, you know, you, you can't start a successful business without the government. I disagree. I think your business, most businesses would be way more successful with out the government, their intervention and their hand out and in your pocket every single time. But anyway, I bring all of that up because it's this idea that somehow the government, the government, democracy, democracy, and you've heard it a million times that we are not a democracy. This is not all in favor say I. When was the last time you voted on a bill? Obviously, none of us vote on bills because uh, if anything, we're a representative democracy. Uh, but that's what's known as a republic, where we elect leaders to represent us. So it's flawed, in my opinion, to say that we're a democracy. I know you've heard this a million times, and I say it only because these guys keep repeating it. So as often as they say it, we're going to have to refute it. Anyway, I want to keep going on this topic a little bit and then introduce a couple of other topics before we run out of time, like the... Um, Comments from former President Trump who said, oh, Biden's going to go to Philly and say something stupid. Oh, I got a good comeback for him. Then the president did come to uh, Pennsylvania and made some comments and hit back on President Biden. So we're going to hear some of those comments as well. And a quick lesson on this constitutional republic versus democracy. There's a little snippet of audio that I want you to hear on that one. And a bunch more on crime and all out crazy now. She's on the cover of GQ magazine. That's right. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, all out crazy. And she's talking about masculinity, saying brown women can't become president of the United States. And why is she saying that? Because she wants people to say, yes, you can. Si se puede. Because I think that's her next move is to run for president. Oi. Oy vey is what, you know, the great one would say. I would say, ay bendito. This is a problem. So anyway, we're going to talk about all of that stuff and a few more things. Uh, James O'Keefe also blew the doors off of some school officials that are honestly just saying, we won't hire you if you're Catholic. We won't hire you if you're conservative. They don't want that. That's crazy. Anyway, all of that and more straight ahead. It's Rich Valdez here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. 
Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep. In store or online at mattressfirm.com today. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Rich Valdez. All right, everybody, welcome back. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Looking forward to your comments and your thoughts on what we're discussing on the air, as well as what's going on in the news. Uh, Again, just a quick recap. The Queen has died. Obama's back in the White House. Uh, Trump fired back at Biden. And just so much going on. I I don't know if, honestly, I'm going to get to all of the audio that I want to get to because there's so much going on here. Uh, Plus, Karine Jean-Pierre, I think you may have heard her say that they've created 10,000 million jobs. We might get to that one a little bit as well. But I want to uh, also give kudos to President Trump's uh, legal team that said, hey, look, we need a special master. This whole thing was done the wrong way. The, they assert that the search on his property was unconstitutional. And one of the motions that they filed in court that uh, you've already heard uh, was granted. The judge agreed. They won on that case. And she said, yeah, you should definitely have a special master. Uh, of course, the FBI says, well, we already looked at everything, but that's not going to stop the judge from implementing them and stopping the FBI from looking at the rest of his documents. Obviously, if they're looking for classified documents, why did they take clothing out of the house? Why did they go into the closet of the wife and the son? And of course, why on earth did they take his passports? Those are not classified documents. And if they wanted him to not leave, they could just say, hey, sir, you don't go far. And honestly, you don't even need a passport when you own the plane, right? It just doesn't work that way. So anyway, we continue. I wanted you to hear this audio uh, of Biden, and I played it for you, where he says, you're a threat to democracy and a mega Republican extreme agenda. And saying that right-wingers would need a uh, F-15, not a handgun, if they want to take on the United States government. I mean, what, who talks like that, right? But that's him. And if you didn't hear it, I want you to hear this quick, uh, quick clip. Listen. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. So now Joe Biden was called out on this by Peter Ducey and by Donald Trump. And we're going to get to the Trump audio in a minute. It's a little longer, so I want to set it up the right way. But Ducey called out President Biden saying, so last night you gave this speech or he asked him on a Monday. Uh, this was last weekend and over the holiday. And, and he, now he plays coy. What are you talking about? What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. I never said such a thing. Listen to this. Mr. President, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? 
Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. So there you have it. He says, no, no, no. Actually, what I meant was that they're a threat to democracy is what it is. It's a threat to democracy. And maybe at the bottom of the hour, we'll we'll talk about that democracy and we'll play that that clip. But right now, I want you to hear what Trump had to say, because Trump came in to campaign for Dr. Oz. Uh, who's obviously running for the United States Senate, representing Pennsylvania. Big shout out to everybody listening in Pennsylvania on WPHT. And Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito, the 45th president of these United States. El Trumpito. He uh, he fires back and he says, you know what? He's there stumping for us, but he lays it out like it is. And he gives Biden a taste of his own medicine. Listen to this. As you know, this week, Joe Biden came to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to give the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president, vilifying 75 million citizens, plus another probably 75 to 150, if we want to be accurate about it as threats to democracy and as enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state. He's an enemy of the state. You want to know the truth? The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him, which is circling around him. Do this, do that, Joe. You're going to do this, Joe, right? I think Philadelphia was a great choice to make this speech of hatred and anger His speech was hatred and anger. Yeah, it sure was. Listen, I mean, if you didn't see the speech, it's funny. I spoke to some people. I was like, oh, did you see that speech? And everybody shook their head. No, nobody saw the speech with the red lights in the background. And again, it's a little bit Hollywood, a little bit theatric. I I didn't buy into it like so many people. I I would not dare make the Hitler uh, comparison that so many people made. Until you show me a politician that actually has put human beings inside of ovens and gas chambers, I'm not making Nazi comparisons. To me, the Nazis are very extreme. They targeted a specific group of people and did things. This wasn't rhetoric. This wasn't burning crosses. This was burning people. I think it's uncomparable. And you know, if I were Jewish, I'd probably take exception to that and be like, bro, until they, they, your, your grandma and your granddaddy and great-granddaddy and, you know, abuelo and your bisabuelo and everybody else were put in ovens and gassed and, and shot dead and mass graves, you're not one to talk. I, I totally respect that. This is a, an atrocity I don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. But nonetheless, El Trompito is right about this. And he says, you know what? This was a ill-spirited, hateful, hateful hateful speech that was given at Constitution Hall or Independence Hall in uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love where the Constitution was born. And and it's a shame. It's a real shame. But Trump had a few more remarks on this. So let's let that play. Go ahead. By the way, the next morning, he forgot what he said. You saw that. They asked him about, oh, I didn't think I said that, did I? Oh, no. How'd you like the red lighting behind him like the devil? 
But Philadelphia was a great choice because the city is being devastated under Democrat rule. Devastated. Hate to tell you, we love Pennsylvania. I went to school in Philadelphia. What's happening to Philadelphia? 14 people were shot last weekend in Philadelphia. 14. And the fake news will go out and check. Oh, that's a lot of fake news. Whoa. That's a lot of fake news. Wow. Well, El Trumpito, like always, delivering and doing a great job with the um, rally, keeping people rallied up, fired up, ready to go. Something clearly Joe Biden cannot put off today. I can't find too many politicians that could do anything similar to what Trump is doing. But bottom line here is there's all this talk about democracy, 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 democracy. And you'll hear folks on the other side of the aisle, myself included, saying we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. And I think it's so important that we understand that because there are no other constitutional republics like ours that have constitutionally protected free speech and and uh, freedoms that, that others don't have. Like, for example, in Canada, some parts of the Bible are considered hate speech in Canada because the Bible says that a man laying with another man is an abomination. That can't be the case in the United States. So when people say, oh, but in Europe... We're not Europe. We can't be like Europe. There are so many things that make us so unique because this country was formed to prevent mob rule, to prevent democracy, if you will, to prevent all in favor say I. It's not about the majority ruling. It's about we the people having that say. A complicated concept, which, you know, no other countries have really figured out how to do. Some have adopted our style but none are exactly like us. But this is where we are. And I have this clip of audio on democracy versus constitutional republicanism, and I want you to hear it. Listen to this. A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, the totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government. A constitutional republic, not a democracy. You got that right. A constitutional republic, not a democracy. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there so you guys could hear it because all too often this is happening. And if you've listened to this show for any length of time, You've probably heard me use uh, some audio from Yuri Bezmenov. He was a KGB analyst and uh, became a defector, defected to Canada. 
spent some time in the U.S. and he's dead now, but back in the 70s and 80s, I think into maybe the early 90s, he was very active on talking about subversion, ideological subversion, how you subvert the ideology. And this this guy, this audio clip that you just heard, and that was a hat tip to Hispanic conservatives on Instagram is where I got the audio. This was a good way of describing it is conditioning people to understanding this term to a point where then they no longer question it and it just becomes normal. Sure, yeah, we're a democracy. I've heard like every last president say it. And if they've all said it, they're not all going to lie to us. Yes, they are all going to lie to you, especially if one guy lies to all of them, like the universities do. One professor lies to 10,000 kids. And now every one of these young adults believes that what they're doing, what they're saying, what they're living is the right thing. And that's why they're, you know, doing what whatever they do, you know, burning garbage cans in the name of BLM and George Floyd when they're 18, 19, 20. And then when they're, you know, 35, 40 and they have kids and they're married, they're like, yeah, you know, this whole defund the police thing is not a good idea. We're trying to buy a house in this neighborhood or I I just bought a house in this neighborhood and things are going bad. Or the people in New York that are suffering or the people in Philly. I just saw a video on one of the Philly news channels had a a guy parking his car, a young African-American man for the sake of descriptive purposes, and two other African-American men pull up to him, open his door, point a gun at him. He gets out. They almost crash, stealing the car, which he freely gave to them. And I'm just thinking, this is, it, it's insane, the things that are happening. Then there was this woman that was, well, I, I'll do that on the other side. We'll talk about crime a little bit because there's some crazy stories that are out there with respect to crime. And I heard somebody make a comment saying, well, you know, times are changing. And because times are changing, that's why we have so much crime. And I'm thinking, eh, you're wrong. No, senor, that's not how that works. It's not because times are changing that we have more crime. We have more crime because our politicians have enabled crime to exist. You have pro-crime prosecutors, progressive ones at that, that are embracing this, that are trying to bring about systemic change. And they have. They have changed the system. And the citizenry is paying the price. Human lives are ending at a higher rate. Right? Philadelphia's homicide rate is higher than it was last year. Thanks to the policies that are supposed to help people. So the people they want to help are the people that they were incarcerating. They say, we have too many young black men in jail. So now they have less young black men in jail and more people dead. I don't know how they're going to reconcile that because you can't call somebody a racist if they just want to live in peace, if they just want to live in safety. I don't know. Call me crazy. At Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. At Rich Valdez with an S. And uh, there's more to come straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. 
conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Uh, Make sure you give me a follow. I appreciate that. And everybody who's um, signing up for the podcast, thank you for doing that on whatever podcast platform you choose, whether it's Odyssey or the others. I appreciate that. And it's on iHeartRadio as well and Apple Podcasts. And a lot of people seem to like the podcast better because they can just say, Alexa, play This Is America with Rich Valdez, and they could hear it whenever they like if you're missing it when we're on every Saturday at noon and as well on Saturdays um, on WPHT in Philly. Big shout out to the good folks there and everybody listening on the air. Now, we left off talking about what's going on with the uh, state of affairs on on, with crime and, and how we even get there. And I think the way we get to crime is these these horrible policies. But how do we get politicians and prosecutors that are so left-wing, so warped, so poisoned by Marxist philosophy that they make these bad decisions that favor the state and are detrimental to the citizenry? Well, the way we get there is by poisoning the well and poisoning the trough with the Education system. That was one of the first things that the commies wanted to take over and influence and have power over. And they did. And with respect to crime, the same things happened. You know, so I'm looking at this story out of New York City about this woman. What did this woman do? She um, she randomly slashed a man in the head, an 80-something-year-old guy, 82 years old, on the train with a machete. A machetazo to her to his head. I'm not laughing. I just think it's crazy. It's incredulity that you hear if, if I'm giggling, because she maces the guy, pepper sprays him, then chops the guy. I, I'm just she's crazy, right? She's a loca. That's literally what's going on here. She is a loca, and um, you've got New Yorkers that are weighing in on this stuff, saying, you know, this is is out of control. Do you feel like there's been an increase in crime in New York City? Yes, I think it's been pretty bad lately. And it's happening because the police is afraid of getting involved nowadays. People do whatever they want. I feel safe in my neighborhood, but much less so around here, especially Midtown, where I have to come to work. I'm noticing more harassment on the street, uh, a general attitude of like, I can do whatever I want. Things seem a bit more dangerous around here. Do you feel safe in New York? I do. I do feel safe. You have- yeah, she's probably packing a shotgun in her big uh, suitcase that she's got on her arm. You have to be aware and of your surroundings, any place that you work or commute um, at all times. Let me tell you something. I am 215 pounds now. I used, most of my life I've been 245 or so. Big dude, you know. Um, nobody tries to push me around. I am very concerned when I go to New York City. Very concerned all I can tell you. I typically have something with me and I make sure that I stay safe. I don't allow my kids to go to the city anymore. I've seen way too much. So when these people say that they're either in denial that they're trying to put on a good face for the camera, you can't unless you've never lived in New York before and, and you, you're just going and go, oh, you know, I mean, there's people that line the streets that live on the floor. You know, they live on the sidewalk. But uh, that's fine. They don't actually come at you trying to take your money and to get, you know, more drugs. Yes, they do. So I I think this a lot of this that you're hearing and that's one person. Everybody else said they don't feel safe uh, is is a huge problem. 
And the, the same thing is happening. You know, I'm sure if you started to interview parents, do you, do you feel that school is safe? And I don't mean school shooter safe. I mean like a safe place to actually learn where you feel like you're going to get a, a I'm going to guess the word is heterodoxical, uh, you know, a fair, a balanced education that, that allows intellectual inquiry, that allows dissent, that allows different ideas and opposing viewpoints. I think most parents would agree that's not the case. You're not going to get, you know, here's why there are critics of this agenda versus that agenda. You're not. And, and this is why I love the work that James O'Keefe and the folks at Project Veritas are doing because they, they keep catching these people and getting them to admit to things they would never say to you and me in our face, but they'll gladly say it when they're on hidden camera. So kudos to Project Veritas for this and this conversation they had with a uh, vice principal at a New York City charter school. And again, I, I was uh, a founder of a charter school. I stand behind the charter school movement. Uh, I think it's a great movement. I don't think this guy's indicative of the charter school movement in any way. This guy is indicative of what happens when you have Marxist professors indoctrinating teachers in teacher colleges and they go on to indoctrinate students. And if people are listening to me right now and saying, Rich, stop being so extreme. You, you drank that Trump Kool-Aid. What's wrong with you? Stop using the word indoctrinate. You use whatever euphemism you want for the word. Influence. When you hear what this guy says, you'll understand. He refuses to hire somebody that adheres to the Christian faith or somebody that even believes in true diversity. Listen to this. What would you do, though, as a principal if you knew there was a conservative applying? Would you hire such a no. person? Would they you? say that, like, diversity is about, you know, like, everyone is equal. It's like that person. Yeah. Um, like, for kindergarten. He said, you know, they feel like diversity is about everybody's equal. So, like, that person wouldn't get hired. He literally just said that. Maybe you didn't hear it because of the scary music in the background. And again, quick editorial note to anybody listening from Project Veritas. You know, that may look good on YouTube, but the rest of us in the media world that want to replay this stuff, please have a non-music version where we can hear things just a tad better. Please. For Pride Month, it's like you should be whoever you feel like you should be. So now he's saying for, for kindergartners, for Pride Month, he wants to have the teacher encouraged the students to be whoever they should be, whoever they want to be. I got to tell you, I don't know if maybe it's just me and I'm not a violent guy, but if my kindergartner came to me and said, it's pride month, daddy. And they told me I could be whoever I want to be in that context. Not like, oh, it was imaginary. You could be an astronaut. You could be whatever. But no, I could be a girl if I want to. I could be, because we all know in kindergarten at four and five years old, these tender, young, impressionable minds, they, they will believe just about anything, right? They believe in Santa Claus. They believe in the Easter Bunny. And if a teacher is going to abuse the trust given to them by a parent, and most of these people I find don't even have kids. That's the other thing. We'll talk about that briefly in the next segment. That why they don't want to have kids. It's an entire brainwashing of these people. It's like, don't have kids and then let's help ruin everybody else's kids. I would lose my mind if they told me that this was happening. I don't know what I would do, but I don't think it would be pretty because I have a feeling I would lose my ability to articulate and I think I would just go there, see red, and only know how to speak with my hands. I'm not even Italian, but I guess Puerto Ricans were the same way. Anyway, let's finish this clip. 
The conversations deepen. The conversations deepen as kids get older, is what he said. Unbelievable. And this is, again, a New York City charter school administrator caught on camera saying that teachers who don't embrace sexual orientation and diversity at all levels would not be hired at his specialized school. His name, Todd Soper, uh, kindergarten through fourth grade assistant principal at Neighborhood Charter School. And was he, he was secretly recorded by Project Veritas talking about the school's onboarding practices in a clip that was released on Tuesday. Again, and just a final thought on this here. If the candidates say that diversity is about something that lends itself to be colorblind, which could happen, oh, like everyone is equal, those things are well-intentioned statements, but they're missing the depth of understanding of how the intersections of our identity live out in the world. So that person wouldn't get hired. This man is saying that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, may God rest his soul, would not get hired because he was the pioneer of that ideology of a colorblind society. That is very lamentable. Anyway, don't move a muscle. We're going to talk about why these crazy lefty lunatics don't want to have kids. All of that and more straight ahead on This Is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, that's me for Richie V, O Prima, el numero uno. Thank you for sticking with me till the end here. And we were just talking about the crazy left-wing lunatics. Now, I call them crazy left-wing lunatics because I disagree with them. And I'm a radio guy, and I can do that as a broadcaster and a commentator. I can make fun of people and call people names. I would never do that, by the way, if I was elected to be one of your... Um, um, you know, like a senator or president of the United States, I'd come up with more couth ways of making fun of people. You know, that's what you're supposed to do when you're an elected official. You're, you're paid the big bucks to come up with things that are, you know, better than Joe El Baboso Biden, right? Or Nancy LaBruja Pelosi. Now that I get to do, it's fun for me. I mock and ridicule and make them the foils of my, you know, hour long or two hour long or three hour long story. And sometimes we'll throw in some guests. The beauty of talk radio, which I love. But there is no talk radio without you, the listener. So it's you that, in effect, that I love. So I thank you for tuning in. I thank each and every one of you, whether you're in the Philly area or California or Texas, Florida. The audience continues to grow, and um, we continue to, to chart in the top 100 and 200 of the Apple uh, News Commentary chart, which charts about 400,000 different news commentary programs. And uh, we're typically in the top 100 or 200 of those 400,000. So uh, it's really an honor because of you, the listeners that do that for us. And thanks to the sponsors. And, and I know some of you are annoyed by the sponsors, those three minutes of ads that are in between, you know, our segments. But um, they pay the bills so that you can listen to this for free. So uh, let us be thankful and patronize them as well. Anyway, now we talked about the godless, soulless left wing and how they're not only perverting and corrupting your children and promoting the, the, the giving of dollars and money at, at, at drag parties and presentations, but they, they continue now. They don't even want to have their own kids, and they're just going to pervert your own. And Prager University, Dennis Prager's uh, organization, had a, 
a video of this and I wanted you to hear a clip of it because I thought it was really interesting. Check this out. I think it's not a need for women anymore. We don't need to have children. We we find that our own happiness is more important. Our own mental health is more important. The problem is that people don't yearn for depth. They yearn for ease. People want an easy life, not a deep life. Life is deeper with marriage and children. It just is. Boom. He's 100% right. And this young lady, that was an excerpt from The Guardian, she's part of the issue, right? She was brainwashed into being emboldened as she was. The confidence level on that girl was admirable. But what comes out of her mouth is contemptible because you think, oh, my God, young, pretty girl, why wouldn't she want to get married and have kids? And that's what Prager uh, put out there. And I think he, he made an excellent case saying, you know, you get the fullness of everything. But I also think, you know, there was a clip that I can't find now, and it's really good because it's very profound because everybody thinks Elon Musk is, you know, this big genius guy, which I, I, I contend he probably is. Um, no question. I, I consider him to be one. I think the guy's a brilliant guy. But he said something when he was asked about the global population. Listen to this from the Full Send podcast. What do you think is the biggest threat to mankind right now? I'd say the biggest threat right now is population collapse. The super low birth rate. Really? Yeah. Over like nuclear war, natural birth. Don't we have an overpopulation yeah. problem? Yeah. No, we have an underpopulation problem. Really? Yeah. Why? Why do you? So, say so that? this is the most commonly misunderstood situation. Yeah, they definitely push that we have a mm-hmm. overpopulation. Yeah. Why is problem. that? No, no. We, I don't know. It's just like I think it's like this is a holdover from like I don't know the seventies or something. You know, so there was a huge um, baby boom, like where people did have a ton of kids after World War Two, but then. The U.S. has actually been, had, the birth rate in the U.S. has been below replacement rate since like 71 or 72. In well, the U.S., like 50 how years. About, how 50 about years, other the U.S. has been below, below replacement rate. I know U.S., but how about other countries? Um, well, like China's got a huge population collapse problem. Really? Yeah. China, China, you actually get penalized if you have more than one oh, kid. No, you Are you being serious? No, no, so they, I like they that. Cut they cut that off. No, the, see, this is like, so part of it is just like, we're operating on things that were true in the past, but are no longer true. So China did have a one-child policy, but um, like about 10 years ago, they changed it to a two-child policy. And then a few years ago, they changed it to a three-child policy. Mm. And birth rate kept plummeting the whole time. So look at that. Something to chew on right there. Many people think that there's an evil agenda to depopulate the world. Meanwhile, the depopulation is already happening intrinsically because of leftist ideology or just other people's thinking that say, you know what, you shouldn't have kids. We're way beyond what he called the uh, replacement rate. And I think that's true. I grew up in a big family. I only had two kids. Most people I know only had two kids. And there's a whole bunch of people now that aren't having any kids. So guess what happens? If you don't have kids, you don't have people. Anyway, we'll jump into a little bit more of this on the next edition of This is America. So remember, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So do something. Anyway, until the next one, hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. 
Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.